Hey, Matt. Hey, Peter. How's it going? Good. I just found out that on Spotify, you can find these Rolling Stone playlists of like 500 best songs, 500 best albums, stuff like that. Um, it's pretty cool. That is cool. And you I, you I never love, have to love look for Spotify. music again. It's kind of weird when you shuffle <laughs> the 500 best songs because it's so random. Oh, okay. Oh, right. Like it it's goes not, from like Metallica okay. to you like Solange Knowles. Right. Okay. Yeah, it's a Rolling Stones magazine published best 500 songs list. Not yeah, and not then I don't know if they songs do the beginning with the best of the Rolling Stones. Okay. <laughs> no. It. It's uh, yeah. I mean, they publish the list, and then people make playlists for that. Um, it's cool. It's nice. Cool. Yeah. Listen to a lot of new music today. Some of it I knew, of course, but um, yeah, man. <sighs> You know, every time I go to the Squadcast website, I type squadcast.com. Mm-hmm. And it's not like that's a different company. But it oh. autocompletes now because I did it one time, like the first time, probably. So oh, like I so always annoying. go to the wrong one now and it just reinforces itself. Like the, ah. he must want the dot com one because he always goes <laughs> to that one. Yeah. Imagine like taking off like crazy and then you don't have the .com because you were like, I can just get that later. Yeah. Well, now the seller seller knows what that might be worth. They, they quickly the Google your name and they see your, you know, microconf kind of talk about like how you scale to 100,000 MRR in like three days or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're not going to charge some you of that. Bucks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, awesome. Hey, it's been cool. Like this week, I've gotten quite a few messages from listeners of this podcast. Like I think people are really engaging <laughs> with my journey right now, yeah. uh, which I really appreciate. Like I get like long write-ups from people like then they were like, hey, I thought about this thing and like I wanted to write it down and they send like, you know, like 500 words or something like that of stuff that they thought about like around my business after listening to like a lot of these episodes. And it's mm-hmm. really cool. Like I get to have like cool back and forth people. And um, yeah, I mean, it's cool to have a podcast. It's cool when, when cool people are listening yeah. and they want to chime in and, and they actually have some really thoughtful things to say. Been yeah, pretty I'm cool actually, to watch. That is really nice. Um, how has that been? Uh, how has the last few, uh, seven days or so been? in terms of your journey, Peter? <laughs> yeah, I mean, <clears throat> it's been a roller coaster like always. Mm-hmm. I'm really... Yeah, should I just roll into my update? Was that my cue? Yeah, I think I think you were kind of setting it up with the people are sending you these uh, nice notes and now yeah. that's the natural <laughs> question. Is, so what was happening? They're sending, you got those notes. They're sending yeah. thoughts and prayers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean the yeah i mean the the thing is i'm really confused about like what's going on with branch like i've been reading mom test and i really hate the name of that book i think it's such a stupid name um but it's a really good book and i wish it had a better name but anyways that's what it's called <laughs> so we'll just refer to it by that name but it's a really really good book um 
I I didn't read the book for a long time because I listened to like ten podcasts um, with the author Rob Fitz, Fitzpat- Fitzpatrick, and you know you hear all these interviews and like okay I probably got like the gist of it, but it goes a lot deeper than what he typically talks about on podcasts because he typically just talks about the asking questions part of the book. But it, the when you read the book, like it's more of a like a sales book and a, like a business idea validation kind of book, and it's really cool. I've been taking a lot of things away from that, um, but it's also a really scary book to read because you realize that you've made a lot of assumptions and you've trusted a lot of you know good signs and stuff that people have told you about what you were doing. And you realize how much of that is actually pretty unreliable and that you can't really necessarily use that to really prove that it, that your business will work at all, actually. Um, so it's also a scary book, but I think it's a good, it's a really good book to read, to really get real. I think, you know, the thing is like some products, they kind of just, in a sense are lucky like the when like they resonate with people immediately and for some reason like the onboarding experience is simple enough that people just adapt it really quickly um and obviously it's not only just luck but i think there definitely is a luck component to it i'm thinking products like um transistor for podcast hosting tuple for screen sharing like when you try it the first like it's for some reason it just clicks like they're really good products And, but they were also like, they just came out at the right time and with the right messaging and with the right market, the right whatever. Um, but a lot of products like Branch, you know, we're in the, we're in the mud for a long time (laughs) wrestling, trying to figure out what's, what's up and down. And a book like the mom test is really good for like those days when you just realize that you really have to think deeply and really just, yeah, get real. And yeah, that's, that's kind of like where I'm at. I think, um, I, I'm questioning everything (laughs) about the business and I've been barking you and Derek a lot, like in the, in the past week in Slack. And I really appreciate all your input. Um, I think like a combination of you and Derek um, in our conversations and the mom test has really just pushed me to really try to really search for patterns in a, in a sense, like patterns, like what, because the thing is, it's not nothing. Like we have customers, we have happy customers. We have even like one or two handfuls of our like, you know, complete ideal customer profile that we have identified with the whole, uh, obviously awesome framework. They're happy. They're using the product. So there is something that's working. And, but it's, it's also like, I think maybe the nature of the market makes it a really big data set as well. Like we get a lot of signups and, You know, they're all over the place, like the kind of company they are, the way they structured their WordPress projects, like the kind of host they prefer to use. They're all over the place. So it's been really hard to kind of 
find these patterns, but I think like that's basically what I need to do. And I think the realization from reading the mom test is like when, when it feels like a mess and, and you have like, like I did like 15 calls and I don't know how many chat and email conversations and it's all over the place and you don't get like a uniform kind of response. Um, it's because you haven't niched it down enough and it's because it, you're the, like the people you talk to are just too different. And I guess like the kind of thing that I've realized is you, you can sell to a big market like that. I mean, a lot of, a lot of software companies have like really big markets of like completely different people. But in the early days, especially when you're finding or you're fighting to find that traction and you don't just like, you know, jump on the rocket ship. Like it's, I think it's really, and that's what I've realized, like, especially reading the book is like, it's really easy or it's really important to zoom in more until you, until it's clear what you have and why you have it and where to find more of it. And I think, that's kind of like where I'm, where I'm headed. Like, yeah. So this morning I really need to get out of the house, uh, which doesn't happen enough <laughs> in these days. Um, so actually I went to the, the library here in Copenhagen, which is really nice place to work from. Um, and I was glad I did it because everything is going to lock down in two days. Um, oh man. Yeah. Yeah. But I did it today and it was fine. And I left when there was a lot of people coming. Um, but I was there early in the morning. And I don't know. I just had a lot more clarity, kind of like getting out of the house. Um, no screaming babies in the background, like right now. And um, I sat down and I just started like type. I, I, I exported my customer list from Bear Metrics. It sounds like I have a ton of customers. <laughs> um and I, I um, imported it into Notion. And then I just spent quite a bit of time tagging all those customers and like trying to figure out all the ways that all the things they had in common and all the things that were, that were different about them. And also, after, like after that, I kind of zoomed in on our more like ideal customer profile, which is the agencies and freelancers. And, and yeah, just did the same thing, but like zoomed in a bit more. And... Like it became quite clear to me that we're spending our energy on many different types of customers right now. Like we're still, even though we feel like we've niched down quite a bit, we've, we're trying to please a lot of different customers. And especially because like when, like, for example, today, like someone who I actually really want as my customer asked about like this sort of, sort of obscure deployment tool that he's using that he wanted branch to support and I think we will support it actually because it it's a cool tool, um, but it's not widely used. <laughs> um, and I probably shouldn't be spending my time on that, right? Because when I look at, at when I zoomed in on those customers, it's pretty pretty clear that like eighty percent of them come from the same two hosting companies that people can probably guess what they are. Um, they're the the hosts that we have the deepest integration with, and the longest partnership with um even though the partnerships aren't really working as i want them to 
they are that customer profile. And I don't know why this wasn't as obvious to me before. Like I I've looked at my customer list many times, but like some of these are like, you know, it's, it's maybe it looks like a product company, but then, in f- and then we kind of like discount them a little bit because they never have more than one project. So we, they're not a great customer, but then when you dive a little bit deeper, it's actually a freelancer who is hmm. onboarded a product company. So, you know, once he's done with that project, he'll actually, you know, have the next project, even though it looks like, right. So he'll just create a team for that company. And then when he has the next customer, he might set up a new branch account for them, which means that every time this type of freelancer onboards a new product company, it's actually a new branch customer um, hmm. that is referred to us. And that's happened a few times. Um, and I accidentally like discounted some of these as like good customers, but in fact they are, um, or at least like the, the person that onboarded them is a great customer or partner or referral, whatever you want to call it. Um, so that became really obvious to me and like, yeah, I mean, there's no reason to hide it because you can just look at the, our website, but those two hosts are WP engine, especially, and also to some extent Pantheon but especially WP Engine, which is also like the market leader, of course. Um, But then like when you do stuff like that, it becomes really obvious some of the things that are lacking. So like when I take the advice from the mom test book to like really zoom in and just really go after, let's say like agencies that are hosting on WP Engine, like either a freelancer who works with high profile customers or like a smaller agency, maybe three to 10 people or three to 20 people is more the range actually like go after those people. Like it becomes much more obvious to me how I could potentially like work to get some of those. One thing is like, we actually don't have like a landing page just for WP engine. Like we have a guide for them, but we don't have a landing page for them. And like after this became more obvious to me, like all this copy just started like forming in my head because now I had like more of a defined target. Ooh, that's great. Yeah. 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 Like one of the things that came to mind was like, like, like the headline was in my mind was like, you chose WP engine for a reason. It's like, and then like something about why they should choose, choose branch as well. Right. But Mm -hmm. we know exactly why people choose WP engine. And even if we like, if we don't know for sure, like we can just ask them. WP engine, I mean, um, sure, because they don't mind talking to us about this stuff. Yeah, so That's it's been really, really cool. insightful. Like, it actually hmm. makes me quite a bit more optimistic that I actually it I feel more in in control, or yeah, that I actually can imp- impact this. Yeah, it, it it's it sounds like a pretty big shift away from. Hey, there's no foundation, or the floor is falling out. Yeah, because that's how falling. it felt. Two, <laughs> <laughs> two, right? That's how it felt. Um, uh, two. I'm again standing really close, but I don't know which direction to move this thing to like twist it into place, and that's the vexing thing, man. Is how do you know the difference, right? Mm. I guess. Um, I I don't know if that book really helps. Did it did it help think through like how do I know if I'm wrong on some major assumption or or minor versus a minor kind of? You said all these assumptions that I was making 
were. I don't know. Do yeah, you, I mean the yeah. the, the base, like the thing that always happens is like people. Okay, so the the gist is people like you you talk to people about a potential problem they have, and they get excited on your behalf, and they want like mm-hmm. they want you like they for something like for some reason there is some psychology, you know, flaw that makes them get really excited about a problem that they actually don't care about. <laughs> Like yeah, they're valuing. The the, they're va- yeah, aren't they valuing the uh, camaraderie with you over the yeah. accuracy of their appraisal of the problem? Right, like that's secondary, but like bonding with you is primary, right? Yeah, and like the thing that's been stressing the heck out of me is like the largest players in the space have been really interested in partnering with us. Like we've done a lot of business development. Like we've had a lot of interest inbound interest as well like on on many different levels um we've had so many people like come to us to like you know window shop we've had people be really excited about the product we've had just so much so many signs (laughs) that we were onto something and then at the same time it's just been so hard to turn that into you know, customers signing up every week and becoming paid customers. And then like the whole, there was like a really dry period of like 40 days or something where we didn't get a single conversion, which was really hard. Um, because it just makes you question, like, <laughs> how did I even get those first customers? Um, yeah, it's what, just to... I keep, you know, I keep going, (laughs) I'm building modeling software here. And so I keep going back to like the fractional math and wondering what's going on here with branch. So for our listeners and for my sake, new signups. So uh, let's start at the very top. Traffic to the site has been pretty steady. Yeah. Okay. Signups from that traffic has been what? Steady. Steady, declining. Great. Steady. Steady. Steady, Except today, which is like another thing. Yeah, for some okay, random we'll reason, like that, ten people good. signed up today, <laughs> which is like okay. five times. And the normal, normal. Num- anyway, normal number of signups on a daily basis is like what one or two a day or something like that. One or two a day. Okay, so that's been constant. And then they sign up, and they some number of people don't do anything after signing up. I assume there might be somebody who just literally signs up, stares at stuff, and leaves. Yeah, that's what happened most of the time. But uh, like the, the weird, that's what's been happening for like two months now. But the okay, weird thing is, in like September, yeah. that didn't happen. Like people signed up and actually converted. We converted like I don't know, ten people or something like that. But, but I want to tease then, apart like the the steps between conversion and and that sign up moment. Okay. So yeah, I, I really don't because I don't use your product, so I want to understand like the yeah. steps people go through better. So clearly. Okay. I'm kind of beating around the activation bush here. So the question is like, they sign up, they need to take a pretty big step, which is like sharing their GitHub credentials or something to like activate properly. Or they sign in. The scary step is like you hook everything up. Mm -hmm. And when you click that button, like you hope that you didn't do like, and you, it's hard to do it. Like it's hard to mess this up, but like, I think they hope, that they click that button and their site is still there, right? <laughs> they, Got but it. they didn't delete and, their site instead of deploying it or something like that. Like, <laughs> they it the wrong place, yeah. the wrong file, something like that. 
Okay, so people, those one or two people a day were mostly attempting to use it properly? Most of them were attempting to use it the way you intended? No, most for a while, like most of them just locked, signed up and maybe connected a Git repository and didn't do much more than that. Okay, got it, got it, got it. So you would have been much more. And then when when I when I reached when I reached out to them, they ignored me. The thing is, (laughs) Mm. like the thing I've been saying here is like if people really cared about the problem I I solve, they Mm -hmm. would reply to my emails. When stuff didn't work, they would tell me that it didn't work. They would demand better documentation, better education. They would demand right, a better right, like, right, right, like, right. bug fixes and stuff like that because they would so no really want to use the print. No pull. Yeah, no pull. But in the okay. past like few days, actually, <laughs> there has been more. And that's like the randomness of, of this is like, I don't, <laughs> I think the one of the problems is I don't, I don't control the top of my funnel, right? I, I don't do marketing really. Like it's just, it's kind of random who comes in the door. And we get waves of like of like motivated people, like if they come from the right place for some reason. But then sometimes we get like a month of like completely like random people that don't do anything. So makes it it okay. adds to the confusion, I want to say. Okay. So most people weren't doing anything interesting after they signed up and they weren't pulling on you to help them or to get them to that point of having done something right. that was truly activating to them right and okay it's clear to me and and then so now you're a long way from conversion because in order to convert they would have to have done some interesting stuff and then continue to do interesting stuff yeah they would that. need to be they would need to be actively using the product and then be blocked because they hit the free okay tier limit. and once people actively use the product is it a pretty strong um, tractor beam or sort of self-fulfilling prophecy that they convert like i know you yeah. haven't had a lot of conversions but it does when it, yeah it's no one's destined. like stopped yeah like that like no one is like okay, okay hit the limit i don't want to use it anyways <laughs> that's really that's really interesting then because your conversion moment is over here um, y- yeah that's what we talked about last time right i think right but like yeah. the activation moment the one that gets them on that conveyor belt is earlier and honestly, yeah. if the if the ratio is close to one to one, that kind of is your conversion moment in a way. It's just that it's free until, you know, that, right. that point, right? So, so you're actually right. You are wrestling with con- you're wrestling with uh, activation, but it does make conversion somewhat inevitable, as we've said many times in this podcast. So, okay, that makes yeah. sense. But I think what I think what happens is. Like a lot of those people come into the world or many of those people probably look at the pricing and say, okay, this is how much it costs. I will actually give this a try. But then when they sign up, like something in there tells them, oh, okay, this wasn't for me. I thought this was a tool for me, but it actually doesn't look like a tool for me. Like I don't understand it. It looks too complicated or it looks different or it says WP Engine here. Mm -hmm. I don't use whatever. But yeah, and that's why like niching down is probably potentially helpful. Okay, I mean Got we it. don't need to lock down the product, but like at least like have an easy path for like our most successful uh, niche. Or but, but you don't. But so have you figured out 
and I'll grab another one of my favorite frameworks is the uh, four forces diagram, the jobs to be done. There's the things that push you forward and the things that hold you back. Things that hold you back are like anxiety, fear of the unknown, status quo bias. Things that push you forward are the promise of a reward in a better a better way and, and the value that you're going to get by doing the thing. You don't really know what caused people to come to a standstill. Do you, is it a lack of pull or a lack of push, right? Like, yeah. do you know yet if it, it was fear of change a lack of believing in the upside if i cross into the new land right no i don't know um mm. the thing that's been stopped, worrying yeah. in my in like the, all the conversations i had with agencies was like people basically saying like deployment is definitely a problem but it's not my biggest problem right now so like it's not necessarily super priority or super high priority for people to solve it. And then okay, but just when to, they, just to, yeah, but just yeah, to insist so like, but, on that, go ahead. But then it could yeah. be like they get into the tool and they realize it's like, um, an example in the mom test is like, if I told you there was a product, you use it 20 minutes, three times a week. Um, and then you get like super healthy and you're good looking, all this stuff. People are like, oh, that sounds great. But then when they when they get to the gym, they're like, oh, I actually don't want to do this. Yeah. So like they like the promise yeah. of a tool like range, but then when they get into the product, it's like, oh, okay, I actually need to do some work. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing yes. or the interesting thing is like with exactly WP Engine and Pantheon, you actually need to do less work because we integrate with them via their API. So it's more of just click this button, click this button, click here, click here. Instead of like, you need to do stuff, <laughs> like you need to set this up yourself. Yeah, that's really interesting. So the the pain of onboarding and activation, the friction of that itself, was just enough of a hurdle to say, I was interested in this as long as it was completely magical and yeah. zero, zero effort. But now yeah. that I know some efforts required, uh, the... I'm going to choose to delay this because after all, I can always come back to this later if I want to, right? This is what happened with WP Pusher. Like it was Mm -hmm. magical because, or it is magical because it's like the only thing you need to do is connect it to your GitHub account with OAuth Mm -hmm. and then paste in the name of the repository, click a button and it works. Mm. And it's because it's a tight, like it's a tightly defined uh, use case or it's so it's like it's not very flexible you can't use it in like you you can't have build steps for example that's part of why i built branch um but if you if you have if you have that simple use case you connect your github account you paste the repo you click the button and then it just works and then every time you push new code to github w should just make sure that it's on the wordpress website and that's why people went to twitter and said hashtag mind blown or stuff like that or did a youtube video about it or wrote a blog post because they're like whoa i expected this to be complicated because all tools in this category are complicated but this was really easy yes and for most use cases branch is not as easy um but i think actually we have some things in our pipeline right now that will make it much easier and that's that's good when i think about this yeah yeah okay actually that must makes me think because the 
they have a Franken flow, <laughs> a Frankenstein yeah. workflow that yeah. they already use, right? And that's not simple. No. However, it's easy because it's kind of like the it's the um, it's the complicated thing that you do regularly enough that for anybody else for a new hire or something looks like, I don't want to learn this. This is a weird set of steps to go through to do X. <laughs> like but, it's awkward to show it to someone, but you're like, uh, yeah, that's yeah, just how it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like we see so you hop on one foot and then jump over here and then grab this thing yeah. and do this. And it's this crazy parkour, but they do it because it's familiar. So there's not, there's really not a lot of effort. It's effortless complexity or complicatedness. I like that better because complexity could be a good thing. It's like it's complicated, but it's effortless. Yours is got some effort required because it's new, but it'd be better if, if they did this. And this is the funny thing. It's like, and I thought about this recently. I was listening to um, Social Software Podcast. Am I getting the name correct? Great podcast. By software the way. Social? Software Social. Thank you. Software Social podcast um great podcast the thought that came to me as i was listening to their podcast and walking along was the difficulty of adoption so often for let's say us us makers Mm -hmm. is getting people not that just fit a persona but that fit the right um life cycle stage of that persona or the moment in time it's not just going to the right fishing spot right it's going there at 5 a.m or 4 a.m or 8 p.m or whatever midnight whenever it is that you need to go and i think this is the thing we're finding personas a lot of times we're like oh this is the developer person who should be using branch whatever but like if you don't get them right at the point where they're like fed up with their (laughs) frankenflow or ready to throw out what they already have Man, status quo bias is strong. It's like, yeah. it sucks, but I'm used to it, right? They, they're they not, I call it bankrupt with their existing solution, but they're not fed up with their existing thing. So the challenge is like, where I was going with all that is like, how do you get these people when they look at what they have right now and say, this is, we need to burn this down or replace this. This isn't good enough anymore yeah i mean i think there is a magical moment like um when people start a new project and they need to take that frankenflow setup thing whatever duct tape thing they have and copy from Mm -hmm. one project to a new project and like oh i'm doing this to myself again yeah actually let me take five minutes and try this branch thing that i've heard about like seven times on twitter now and actually give that a try and then they try it and then either there's a like a lucky moment where it just works or i catch them in the live chat or something like that or it doesn't work and they're like oh okay well i guess i'm just stuck with this flow forever and then i kind of lost the opportunity so i think our onboarding is actually really important mm-hmm. and that's probably because that's that actually like when i'm thinking thinking now like that's probably the reason why they don't track me down and like demand that i i fix stuff and like help them use it because it's like they don't need it anymore because it didn't work. Like they had five minutes before they, they turned on the time tracker for this new mm-hmm. project with this new, like they had a new fresh, you know, time tracking sheet for this new client project. And they were just about to start and they're like, okay, I'm going to do better this time. And I, I, they, and I blew it somehow. Right. Because they didn't 
it didn't work the first time for some reason. Is there so so now we're really getting my, to the yeah. No, I'm going to ask a question like the the you've been partnering with hosts, right? Um, that's been sort of an approach of, in terms of partnerships. When they actually have that five minutes that you mentioned, let's stick with that. What tool are they keying away at or staring at at that moment? Is it the host? Is it Microsoft Project? Like I'm just being silly, but like what the heck is on their t- desktop when they probably like a fresh GitHub repo or something like that? Huh. Okay. Or like their local dev setup. Like I, I asked everyone I had calls with, like how they start a new project, and many have like a template that they clone and then they push it to GitHub and they push it to the host or whatever. Although they clone it from the, it's different for every host what they offer. But right, is there any something way, like that? <clears throat> is there is there any way to be more present in that environment? Yeah. Yeah, there is. And I think that's related to maybe to some of the our, our ideas around provisioning, like even help people in this moment. So, um, but we, we have an opportunity, something we thought about is like building integrations for some of the local development tools, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, but that still requires that people install them, of course. Yeah, um, of course. Yeah. yeah but I think yeah. like the, the, the good thing is like our guides, like if you search for CICD site ground like we we rank probably number one for that hmm. or at least pretty high for most tools um, or deployment whatever um, so if they go to Google that's pretty good if they go to the host the host we have partnerships with they will sometimes recommend us mm-hmm. um, yeah this is the this is the difficulty of competing with an incumbent is the activation energy to switch is always present and yeah it's it's that that inertia is always there so it's just easier to say "Ah, one more time i'll deal with this crap (laughs) instead of go to branch and finally do it the new way come on yeah i mean we have a customer they have four projects on branch they're really happy with it um they're big fans of branch but they still have um, projects on one of our competitors. Mm-hmm. And and every time I talk to them, they're like, oh, yeah, we also have those old projects that we want to move over. And I keep asking, like, why? Like, <laughs> why don't you just move them over? But it's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that example you with the software social pot, when they... Um, they talked about like you just have to paste this JavaScript snippet and then it works. But for me, it's like sometimes, like if I haven't touched the branch code base in a month <laughs> and it's just been Bjorn all the time, or like yeah. me when I upgraded my Mac and I didn't have a, the project locally anymore, or it didn't work because like Docker was out of date or something like that. Like mm-hmm. adding a JavaScript snip- snippet for me is like a big thing. Or if you ask me to add like a, Java, a JavaScript snippet to WP Pusher where I like I touch the code base like two times a year like uh that's a really big thing yeah. like it's it maybe for you like as a developer who codes like 8 hours a day mm-hmm. like if you're asked to, like drop in a line of code in your code base that you already have up and running everything is running you already deployed four times that day like that's really easy but for me it's yeah. not like it's I mean it's easy I know exactly how to do it I'm a developer but it's you know it's not a it's not a small thing no it's not and do we do 
it's scary because once you load all of the context, you realize that it's not a small thing. And it, it probably explains why it is so hard to get people to do anything other than what they normally do, right? Because and, and actually, we ran into this difficulty with um, with Storm Pulse. It was like a much, much, much more beautiful and better way to track a hurricane, which is headed towards your 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 family and your livelihood and everything else. And that's an activity that you do constantly when you're growing up in one of these areas. But to get people to start using ours instead. It wasn't enough to have a URL that they go to to go to go view it. Literally, they just had to type in our URL instead of yeah. mylocalnewspaper.com. But that yeah. habit of typing in mylocalnewspaper.com and hitting enter was so deeply ingrained that remembering the web address of the thing you heard about that's better or clicking the bookmark thing was harder. The only way we ever got anybody to switch over finally was releasing an API that allowed us to embed our technology in the in the in the on the website they were already going to right so almost be like we had to do this essentially find and replace of like we just need to replace what they're using now with what we do and we need to work with the companies that control that to like get them just to just to force replace it without them even doing anything and then they would see it and go like oh this is really cool and they'd see oh powered by storm pulse let me go there directly but the um the inertia was so strong in the consumer space that like habits that people have are just incredibly sticky you know and that's the that's the good thing too for you once you're in that spot but it is um it's daunting if you unpack it and you're honest with yourself about how high those bars are right it's yeah yeah it's really high <laughs> i think useless was a good example of this for me because i i know that they're like onboarding struggle is getting people to actually like integrate with useless and like send them events because you need to do some work to do that mm. but i had made the decision to put all get all my events sent to segment already because I knew that I was going to use some sort of tool and I was like, okay, if I send with a segment, like then I I can choose what I want to use. And then when I want to use user list, they had an integration for that. And I literally just like did whatever OAuth dance I had to do. Mm. And I didn't need to go into my code and do anything. <laughs> and then it just worked. <laughs> so I didn't have to go through that hoop. Um, and that's why it's, I mean, it's important for them to have integrations with stuff like segment. If yeah. That's where people have their data. Yep. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So I know we, we, we've yeah. zoomed all the way in on this moment, but I, cause I think it's just, it's generalizable yeah. to all of us, but yeah. for you, I mean, let me bring it back to your update. <laughs> what, what's yeah. next, Peter? Yeah. <laughs> but I think by niching down, spending my energy entirely on those really successful customers. I have two or three hosting companies in mind when I say that. I I think we have a better shot at getting that moment just right. So at least the few people that come in that fit that persona get a really good experience. And I okay. think that's where we need to start. And then just not worry about the rest. And then, mm-hmm. then you know, start small and just scale from there. And then, yeah, but that's like, that's the first thing I think we need, we need to try to figure out. There's one thing I kind of want to bring up 
Corey Haynes tweeted a, a really interesting picture the other day. He's doing like a an advent calendar of marketing tips. Um, <laughs> That's funny. But it's um, it's like a funnel, but you start from the bottom, and it's about it's about marketing, and it's about basically where you start when you start doing marketing because. Mm-hmm. What he's saying is like a lot of people start with like acquisition. How do we get more people in the door? But that's actually not what you want to do if you want to be successful with it. You want to start from the bottom of this funnel and it starts with revenue. So the the funnel from the bottom to the top is revenue, referral, retention, activation, acquisition. And revenue is like, how can you increase revenue? Referral is how can you turn your customers into your advocates? Retention, how many of your customers are you retaining? And why are you losing the others? Those three in the bottom, I kind of see them as like, like you're trying to add more value to them in your product. And then activation, I guess, is what we just talked about. And then acquisition is the one that everyone thinks about when they think about marketing. But I think it's kind of it, it's it's touching on some of the th- the same ideas. Like start start with your really like what you have already. And like, if I focus on the, let's say WP engine agencies and just make branch exceptionally good for them, make them really happy. Like they will turn, like, first of all, they'll pay me more because I'll have expansion revenue, but they also naturally turn into my advocates, advocates. Um, they also like the more of them or the more successful they are, like the more WP engine itself will notice. And they'll also be an advocate. Um, and developers at agencies change jobs and roles all the time, and they also mm-hmm. be my advocates. So it's just kind of like self-enforcing. Yeah. Um, and then retention, like that's, I mean, in retention. I think revenue, referral, retention. I, I, I think they're kind of fixed using the same activities. Just create more value for people and <laughs> make the tool better, and listen to talk to your customers and iterate on your product. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But it really resonated with me, like that kind of like thinking about like sort of like a reverse funnel because it makes it always makes sense to move up to the next step because, you know, like your funnel, like, you know, that the steps below aren't leaking. Yep. Um, So, you know, that it's worth it to move up and you have more, much more tailwind when you do that because like your activities are more, it matters, it matters more, I guess. Yeah, completely. Completely agree. If if the and this we've said this many times in this podcast, but like if the hundreds of people signing up each month for Summit, if out of those some percentage aren't delighted and blown away and obsessed and signing up, becoming customers, why? It's because this is trope at this point. But like, why should I make a better marketing page? Now, I think yeah. the, the take is like, well, maybe they'll come in and they'll be more likely to do X because you. The, the marketing page is like this carrot, this vision that can help yeah. compel them to do the thing. Prime but them. <laughs> prime them, right? It primes them. It kind of gives them a bunch of... It's the pulling back on the slingshot, if you will. It's like, I'm so excited about getting the value I just read about, right? I'm going to get it. But if you get some people in there and they're doing everything that you want them to do and they're not thrilled and delighted and growing, then yeah, you can slingshot more people in there. But like to your point... It doesn't, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a leaky bucket, right? Yeah. It's not going to work. Um, yeah. I think Corey's funnel, it kind of made me think of your, um, you had a tweet about early adopters earlier today. 
Mm. That it kind of made me think about. Yeah. Oh, was that earlier? Let's see. I don't know which one that you was. Tweet- <laughs> <laughs> I you tweeted a few times. <laughs> Maybe it was a bot. <laughs> Matt Winting bot. Matt bot. No. GPT. You were you were you were talking about early adopters and how like in the beginning you have early adopters and then you have a lot of other people that it's like I think your point was to focus on the early adopters and spend your time with them. People that prove themselves to be like true early adopters. Yeah. Yes. Um, and yeah, that's definitely what I'm doing with Summit. I think, you know, that's spot on. And a friend of mine who is an investor now in Summit, um, Zach Linford, but he, he said something in, he said this in 2011 and just like stuck with me all this time. But it's like, fix the cash register first, start at the bottom and then and then work on the queue and the front door and the donuts and coffee while they wait for a table and the front signage and then the parking lot and like because if you do the other way around like great all these people and nobody can buy anything um yeah you have a sandwich shop and you're like your employees yelling at you like we ran out of everything like we don't have any bread and you're like sorry i can't help you like i'm busy doing this marketing like i'm trying to get at least like 100 people to come go home folks yeah go home folks there's nothing left yeah, I, and that, that stuck with me. And I'm probably the extreme practitioner of that at this point. But it it is, it's much more comfortable for me to know that people are going to be happy once they get in there than to want to increase it by a lot. So, yep. Um, cool, man. Yeah. Well, good, good, well, good corner to turn, it sounds like. 46 minutes about branch. So I, we, get, we got like a few minutes left for you. You okay. got anything? Yeah. So <laughs> this week I worked on Summit. <laughs> and I found out uh, that Stripe is releasing some really cool stuff. So maybe I'll use the short, I'll do the short version by plugging um, Stripe's new offerings, which I think are super relevant and interesting for Summit. Treasury. Uh, yeah, Treasury. Or the monolith. And the lending, lending for platforms. And both of those I think are super interesting. So summit has did you see did you see stripe monolith as well no what that wait is this <laughs> wait what is it that i'm was this last they week? allow they they allow you to to install a monolith in your desert like the one in utah it's it was a joke okay i'm but like someone made it someone made a someone made a landing page for it <laughs> <laughs> okay i see it yeah yeah that's that's fantastic um i love this embed monoliths in your desert platform <laughs> <laughs> ah, it's wonderful um yeah yeah they're they're on Sorry. fire they're on fire no and uh <laughs> what they did release is uh and i've been talking for a while about how excited i am by alternative forms of capital in indie indie forms of capital including indie vc um and alt vc stripe capital has been one that's interesting because they're lending to startups without a big hurdle you just connect to your you you use stripe and so we're going to give you a loan against the cash flow that's coming in the door um the stripe lending api which was announced first was well if you run a platform yourself like um, Jobber is an example. Um, Lyft could be another example. If you have customers who run their businesses on your tool, you could also offer them 
stripes and i say apostrophe s stripes capital <laughs> and you could call it jobber capital or lift capital and you know or shopify capital could in like here's a loan looks like you need it um would you like to accept to help fuel and run your business because you do other stuff with us right and then stripe treasury is hey you're opening a shopify store would you not like to have a bank account to immediately begin depositing to and we're going to make it really easy to open a bank account through Shopify powered by Stripe Treasury. And so you'll get a Goldman Sachs account um, or an Evolve Bank and Trust account just by opening up a Shopify store potentially and checking a box that says, I would also like to get a checking account to deposit my sales money into, right? Um, wild. Yeah. And it's really, really exciting because for Summit, you know, here I am helping startups think about fundraising, helping startups figure out their finances, the runway, et cetera. Kind of an obvious extension to say, hey, it looks like, would you like to simulate a loan, right? And it doesn't have to be any particular loan, but if you like to simulate a loan, here is a loan, here's some terms. And then if they're interested in that loan, being able to offer them one-click access to a loan that fits their needs through Summit, but powered by Stripe's capital is another really awesome extension of the platform. And I think of this in terms of the CFO of a large enough company is really tasked with treasury as well and just making sure the money is flowing and there and present for operations to do what it does. So it's not it's a very natural positioning for Summit to also be able to solve for capital needs, not just modeling your needs and say, hey, looks like you got a shortfall. <laughs> good luck with that. It's like you have a shortfall, but good news, you're qualified for A, B, and Q. And here's some options. So I'm definitely going to be looking into that. And I think the treasury part is a little bit more you have to squint, but I think it's just an awesome evolution in fintech where these APIs are making it easier and easier and easier to do banking as a service. And you know, it does make me wonder about the future of Summit as far as Okay, you've got software that's for modeling and banking and accounting. And it turns out that software is, is good enough for some people to pay for it. And a lot of people use it for free uh, regularly. Well, you know, really, is there a lot of difference between that and adding on, you know, a loan or a checking account? In some sense, it's kind of a natural extension. So, um I'm a ways out from the yeah. from part of that, but I'm definitely going to be exploring this in 2021. So it's a cool way to end the year. Can you get a can you get like a summit branded debit card or something like that? Yeah, so they have Stripe issuing. So I would be able to issue a I know a credit card, um, but maybe a debit card as well. Yeah, for these accounts, I'm sure. So you'd ha- you could have a summit branded credit and, or debit card for the uh and, and you know you can see that fitting in where people are already connecting through Plaid. They're connecting their bank accounts to Summit to do runway forecasting. You know one of the options could be connect your existing account through Plaid or open an account, right? Open a Summit account. Yeah, so cool. I wonder what like I wonder how this will fit together with Strive Atlas because when you sign up with Atlas now you get a Silicon Valley bank account. Mm-hmm. Um. And it's one of the things that Stripe don't really control the experience you get. Like they just kind of hope that it <laughs> works out the relationship between you and SVB. 
Um, but now I, I assume like pretty soon, like you'll just get a Stripe bank account for your company. You'll, well, yeah, you'll, so no, you won't because it won't be a Stripe bank account. It will still be a Goldman Sachs account. And yeah, but it'll uh, be called Stripe, Pop- whatever. Um, will, won't it be like white labeled for Stripe or? No. So, so if you use well, you have the to log treasury, into Goldman Sachs. No, but you won't just be logging into Stripe. So my point is, it's 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 for Stripe's large platform customers. Yeah, but I mean, Atlas accounts. in a sense, Atlas in a sense is built on Stripe, I guess. Like so, as a service to people signing up for Atlas, they could offer them a bank account instead of sending them to SVB, which is a less good experience, I guess. They could. I think what and like they, they, they could might, build a Stripe bank account on top of the Stripe treasury product. They could. I don't think they want to. And, and that's okay. that's just coming from an interview I heard with uh, one of the Collison brothers. Okay. Um, it was, okay. we just want to be the APIs for this. Okay. Okay. I don't okay. know if that's going to hold long term, but they do right now <laughs> at least want to just be the APIs for this, which would mean... It'll be free forever. <laughs> you would or use not. Stripe Atlas. You would use Stripe Atlas to incorporate your your online store you go to shopify yeah. to open your online store and you would get a checking account through your shopify store okay okay um, Makes sense. so yeah and and uh so that's really exciting and then one other thing uh, to mention is i have now tested locally a quickbooks integration and it does what hey. i want it to do for a first v1 which is really exciting so you can click in the onboarding flow, the top thing, it'll say recommended, connect your accounting system. And the goal of that, at least for the first version, is just to bring in all of your expenses, your OPEX specifically, not your COGS, but your OPEX. And it will autofill all of your monthly costs by category into your model from your QuickBooks, nice. FreshBooks, Sage, eventually zero. They have a little bit more um, jumping through hoops there. Uh, but that will be, I'm going to release that this week for sure because it's it's working right now and it's Monday. So I think I should be able to get that out there pretty soon. Um, and it's very it's very exciting because what it's going to do is it'll auto-fill your model with not just, I have templates right now, which is like, here's your hosting cost. Let's just assume it's $1,000 or $500 or $50. Yeah. Here's your rent. Actually, you don't have rent, right? So I'm like, it's like, I have templates right now, but they're kind of, wild guesses at what your actual expenses and categories are which is like right eh, it's it's business you have business costs this is really cool it's going to be the recommended option because you click it you authenticate it's going to bounce you over to intuit for example you'll authenticate there it'll bounce you back to summit and when you get back it will be syncing in and you'll see it populate and fill in your actuals from last month into your model and so you'll you'll hit the ground running with 7, 10, 12, 16 expense items that are correct for your books, your most recently closed books. And so Summit will be, then you add your cash balance and now you've got a budget forecast and a runway forecast with, we were talking earlier about activation challenges. <laughs> yeah. you, you now got there with, you know, three clicks and a password, you know, that you're there now. And and now, now it's just about adding your revenue forecast onto it, which is where Summit really shines. And that's actually the fun part. So um, this is a big deal. This is, I had a goal of launching this in December 
It's working today. I should have it out this week, um, testing with some early customers. And then obviously there's a ton more stuff that we can do once we have QuickBooks or zero or accounting data in the system. But folks that have been listening to this podcast for you know maybe 80 episodes know how long I've been talking about integrating with accounting. And therefore, I am very excited to, to do it. And the other thing is this last point on this is it's the first integration that I am putting into the onboarding flow as opposed to onboard, get into the modeling space, try it out. And then, oh, if you want to load some data, go over to this other page, link your Stripe, and now we can load some data. This is going to be directly in the onboarding flow so that people literally after you create an account, it's the first call to action you see is to connect your accounting, which, um, yeah, is a big... I'm really excited to see what happens. It's the number one feature request that people have as well. So obviously that'll be fun to release. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Good stuff. Thanks. That's I it know for you've me. Been, uh... <laughs> been dreading it a bit (laughs) i was i was dreading it in terms of the code itself because it's a little bit grinded out you know not the most exciting thing build new models capture all this stuff transform them load them blah 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 blah. but um i did find a really great api to use for accounting uh systems i'm using that it's going to unlock 15 different systems all at once and um yeah, so i'm, I'm paying key. for that <laughs> that's key not having to do 15 of these so I, i'm doing this once and then i'm getting in putting developer api keys in for the rest and uh it's what the big boys use so it, you know, clear bank uses the same system so this is you know enterprise grade integration tech but i only have to write it once and uh that makes me very happy because summit will be the the initial vision i have for it as an operational product will be complete once this integration is done. Meaning you can come to it and in two minutes, you've got an expense forecast and a budget forecast and you can add a revenue. Now it's like, okay, let's you know game on in terms of marketing because yeah. everybody's always asked, well, where do I connect my accounting? Where do I connect my accounting? I'm like, it's coming, it's coming. So like dealing yeah. with that burning number one obvious head slap request and not having to say it's coming for me means... Let's go. You know, like I think we can yeah. focus on marketing now, <laughs> at least with half my time. So I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, that's yeah. really cool. Thanks, man. Excited for that to that you'll be ready for for the new year. It sounds like. Yeah, yeah. Good timing. Um, got some other cool stuff in store for early next year, but I'll save that for a future episode. Um, but for now, yeah, we're just really thrilled to have this uh monkey off the back soon not quite (laughs) soon (laughs) so won't jinx it 10 seconds until we hit the hour mark perfect well this episode will be great 10 seconds four (laughs) three two one bye bye guys (laughs) (laughs) we are gonna stop now right yes that was it (laughs) awesome talk to you later see ya